How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Moskers. Special guest this week, Aditya. Thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for having me here. Um, I'm Aditya. I'm from India. And I'm an entrepreneur, you could say. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, I don't have many conversations with people in the US. So, how it's going out there? <laughs> Yeah, happy to have you here. Uh, my, I think you, I don't remember. We, we've done 156 episodes, so I can't remember every single person that's been on. <laughs> I was, I'm trying to think of like where everyone has been from, but I, I can't keep track of it. But we're happy to have you here. You have a, a, you sent me over a long list of things that you've uh, you've done, and so I'm, I'm really excited to, to chat about it. First thing that I actually really wanted to talk about was the first thing you wrote down, which is that you're a writer. Yeah, I'm a author. I've written multiple books. Um, it's just for fun. Doesn't make money uh, much money. It's just uh, it does make some money, but it's just for a, a side thing. It makes for an interesting conversation every time. Yeah, we've had a I don't know how many different authors we've had on on the show here, and uh, it's always fun. Like I, it's interesting to see different people's uh, the way they do it. Um, you know, some people have these big, uh, really big stories, lots of characters. Uh, there's just a lot going on. Some people have, uh, just a couple of characters and it's more, it's a smaller overall story and, uh, just, the just the way people approach it and the way they go about, uh, publishing it and things like that is always fun. And yeah. you know, I do a lot of writing myself too. And it's from, I mean, I haven't published anything, but. I do a lot of writing as well, and it's I'm very much the type of person that just writes a ton of like in, in, information about characters and the world and all sorts of stuff like that. Like, what kind of what kind of writing are you interested in? I uh, I have not written a fiction book yet. I like mm-hmm. generally it's not uh, the the deep mental stuff, nonfiction. It's just basic yeah. stuff. I write about. Yeah. Uh, I, first book was about how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Simple. Oh, just okay. because I don't know how the publishing world went. It's a very different thing. Um, hmm. You know, as you've written, I've written before. And it's it was, I never thought I would publish a book before. But turns out yeah. the process was way simpler. And I thought, I have this simple manuscript. Let me try and publish it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, what the different ways people have published it. I know some, at least one of the authors has used Amazon where he's just put it directly through Amazon and they published it. I, I'm almost positive one of the other ones used a different process. I think he went, it, it's similar to Amazon, but I think he used like a, a a company that that's their whole thing is just publishing books for people. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, it, I'm always curious to to find out the different ways people go about it. Uh, I just used the Amazon one because it was the best way of publishing for me personally. It fitted me. I've just different. Uh, so basically, mm-hmm. Amazon has its own different subset. It's called KDP. You can just mm-hmm. search up Amazon KDP. It gives you the way. It, it's a very simple publishing. You don't have to spend a penny. That's the best part. Nice. I'll have to look at that at some point. I know, yeah, like I've, I've, I don't know. I've, I know like five or six people that have published, and I think every single one of them has used a different publisher 
So I never get a straight answer on what people actually think is the best. So the fact that you've also used Amazon. Now, I have two people that have used Amazon now, so I'm, I'm leaning towards them since it seems to be yeah. very easy. In the US, I would say go for Amazon. It's the Personally, mm-hmm. I, I think it's the best way just because you don't have to spend anything. They'll give you most of it done. Uh, you're mm-hmm. in the US, so you're lucky. In, in India, I used a different uh, self-publishing thing, uh, mm-hmm. but that's not available in the US. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You, you wrote a book about solving a Rubik's Cube. How do you... I, I've never solved a Rubik's Cube. How do you get into that? Like, how, how what, what got you interested in that? And then how did you learn how to do it, like, effectively? So, as a child, I had a Rubik's Cube. Same story as almost everyone. I never mm-hmm. got to solving it properly. I, uh, I got to some of those steps. Never solved it completely. Uh, and then... Uh, suddenly, there was this new wave a few years ago that everybody started solving Rubik's Cube. Everybody was going around. I have this cube. I just learned how to solve it. I'm learning different stages. And I thought to myself, I have that cube lying around. I got mm-hmm. to the mindset that I always go to that I should at least try it with my full potential. I went and I tried with my full, uh, like, I fully focused that I have to solve it and I solved it. And like, then it was like, you know, one of the things that gets you each time, you know, solving each time will get you interested mm-hmm. in solving it the next time. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had a Rubik's pyramid. I don't know if you've ever solved one of those. Yeah. I've solved multiple ones. When, once you get the Rubik's cube, it mm-hmm. gets easier to solve each and every one. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if like a pyramid would be easier or harder. I have no idea. It's just that, yeah, it's a different process, but it has the same, mm-hmm. you know, similar. It's just that each cube has, you have to just understand how the pieces move, which direction mm-hmm. they go in, which ones. As in uh, pyramid and in Rubik's Cube, the center pieces are always solved. Like that's yeah. one thing. And you just have it... to understand the pieces and how they move. That's how you get there. Slowly, uh, it's just algorithms, as they call it, uh, the fancy Mm -hmm. word for it. I guess it is the exact same thing, just less sides to it, I suppose, where it's the exact same process. You're just figuring out uh, how moving one side affects everything else. And it just, I guess it would be less complicated almost, a pyramid, since there's less sides. It's just, you only have to keep track of, what, four compared to, what, six uh, some six there are I've got a Megaminx I think it has like it's a hexagon on each side it's connecting so there are like 10 sides I don't know oh interesting uh, yeah, so it's very difficult to solve it's got to solving around it around one time then I never solved it again it's just too much of a hassle you know there's <laughs> some thrill to solving the smaller cubes maybe the yeah. 4 by 4 uh, 4 by 4 is just too much Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked up the one you're talking about, the hexagon. That looks incredibly complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just takes too much time. I uh, yeah. the one uh, after I learned solving it, it took me 36 minutes to solve it once. So, <laughs> and Rubik's cube takes around less than a minute if you learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. 
it is interesting watching people like solve it blindfolded or you know the all the weird ways they come up with solving them it's interesting where they just they look at it they're able to immediately see okay this is what i need to do and then they look away or and blindfold or whatever and they're able to just turn it they just know how to move it in their hands without seeing it yeah i think the world record for solving is blindfolded at 16 seconds and Jeez. inside it gives me depression because it takes me uh, when i was the best at it it took me 45 mm-hmm. seconds to solve the rubik's cube yeah. and that person solved it in 1/3 the time blindfolded yeah that yeah, that for my mind that is uh that is not something i'm good at <laughs> but yeah it, it's impressive i i find it even if it's not something i'm like incredibly interested in i do find it very impressive um yeah you mentioned uh mma fighting uh, it's not mma fight uh, i just wrote it for someone to understand what i do uh for mm-hmm. someone uh, i know so uh, it is mma fighting is like i'm i don't do it professionally i just learned it Mm-hmm. uh it is mixed martial arts it uh, is what it stands for i know yeah. uh, muay thai kickboxing okay. basic boxing uh so that's that to mix it uh what uh mixed martial arts technically so yeah yeah interesting yeah interesting yeah what what made you interested in in like mixed martial arts in general so it is uh, a very story a story don't uh, that general boxing fans don't like mma fans i followed youtube boxing the the whole scene of youtube boxing oh okay uh, big, okay i know you're talking about yeah yeah then i learned boxing from after mm-hmm. that i got interested in boxing and then after that uh muay thai kickboxing all that interesting yeah i, I know a handful of people that have gotten into some mma they did uh uh oh, was it jiu jitsu they were interested in jiu jitsu i don't know if that's a thing that's popular over there or not or if that's something you're interested in i wanted to learn that uh, but it's mm-hmm. just uh, it it is more of a intense training for jiu jitsu especially the most famous form of jiu jitsu i think in the mma world would be the brazilian jiu jitsu and that's mm-hmm. just too much if you see it is <laughs> it's like very wrestling type you know yeah. you just have to go with a person like fully into it the mindset and this too much yeah i can see how it it could be difficult to i feel like sometimes not i'm not saying all the time but i feel like sometimes uh when you go in to learn some of these things uh the people teaching just want to show off how good they are and they end up being uh too aggressive is yeah. is what i've heard from some of my uh, my friends They, yeah, they go in and the, the person just attacks them essentially <laughs> it's i what i think of it is like it's the art of bodybuilding you know when you good good at it you know you have the muscles and all you're like showing off to the the people who are just getting started out like i'm i'm mm-hmm. ripped like so the people who are more trained and like they're like uh, we can do it much better than you you have a long way to go yeah yeah it's it's an interesting uh uh i don't know personality trait you know some some of these uh another thing you'd mentioned was a magician what kind of yeah. magic do you like i uh i started out with card magic as 
I just mm. I, I started out with prop magic actually. Then I got into card magic. Mm. As a young child, it's not board stuff. I have evolved, did more of the card magic thing, got good at it, and then mm. I stumbled upon the most interesting form of magic, which I've mentioned in the uh, the thing. I guess I think it's called mentalist. It okay. focuses on more of the mind reading aspect. Obviously, mm-hmm. when you see actual mentalist perform, you're like mind blown. Is this re- is this actual mind reading? It's not. Some people actually, mm-hmm. you know, some people in the world actually use all these tricks and all to pretend they are like gifted and all that. It's just mm-hmm. fake. It, it's uh, it's for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. All yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, uh, it's just uh, very interesting stuff because it is the uh, supposedly what I've heard is magic is the art form which has the most books published on it. Interesting. Makes sense. Do you have like a favorite magician or performer that you you watched a lot of and you like tried to learn from? Um, not really. I just, no. I, it just swings from one person to another. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. Though, if you were to know, if people, American audiences, what you get generally is that right? You know, because you, yeah. uh, it's generally the way it works now. American, American audience. So, uh, people must know the person who's or the mentalist who came on AGT. He was really good at it. Uh, I. Honestly, I don't know the aspects of tricks he de- uh, does till now. I've just learned, I've not learned the full of it. I just know a lot about it. I just, I, I can never get up to the level some of them are. It just yeah. takes like, because I'm involved in so many things, I like to learn new things. It's just mm-hmm. too much to get into, to like the full of one thing. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Because, Do you know who uh, Penn and Teller are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the yeah, show they, and Intel Fool Yeah, I, I always find it incredibly impressive when they go on like well, I think they do it on that show. I don't I don't have cable, so I don't really get to see that show. So all I've seen is like clips on like YouTube. But I've seen them on there, I've seen them on like news programs. And I find it incredibly impressive when they go on these shows and they say, All right, we're gonna show you how the trick is done. And they show you how the trick is done while adding in their own thing that confuses you and you don't know how they did any of it then even though they're explaining it to you you don't know what's going on or how they're doing it i always find that incredibly impressive yeah uh, that's a new thing in the magic world as they do they show you how to do it but it's just a fake way of just giving you the false sense of security gives you the extra bit of confusion when you actually you know are tricked at the final Mm -hmm. result and Uh, then uh david blaine you know david blaine David Blaine, yeah, yeah, he, he's one he, of the most famous magicians, I think. Yeah, he's he's impressive in a different way in that he's not tricking you a lot of the times. Like he does a trick where he caught a bullet in his mouth, I think it was a bullet, yeah. and uh, it's literally he just put in like a mouth guard and caught the bullet in his mouth with that. Uh, he do, he does the one where he puts a like a piece of metal through his arm, and he's he's literally just putting a piece of metal through his arm. He just he did it so so much that it forms like the skin heals over, but there's still like a hole going through the entirety of his arm, 
And so all he's doing is piercing the top layer of skin, pushing it through the hole and then coming out the other side. And it's, he's bizarre, but it's super fascinating as well. Cause I think he did one where he was like in a block of ice. He did one where he was in like underwater for a certain amount of time. Uh, yeah. He was, I think for ahead. an hour or so he was underwater. Okay. Yeah. I, I, he's done a number of things. He did the one where, uh, he swallows live, I think goldfish. He swallows them. And then like later on, he'll go to like show somebody, he'll ask for a glass and he'll like pull, he'll have the fish and like water come back out from his, like, he'll like spit it back up into the glass. And there's just a live fish in the glass now swimming around. It's yeah, he's so just weird. learned to push his, uh, you know, limits further. Yeah. Any other human is willing to do it, you know. He does this mm-hmm. famous, this thing regularly, which is uh, very weird. Is yeah. when he puts a spider inside his mouth, swallows it somehow, just puts it in back yeah. of his throat, and then he brings it out. Uh, yeah. It's just. Do you know? Uh, do you know the YouTube show Hot Ones, where they sit down and talk to people while they eat hot wings? Yeah, I know. I actually, David Blaine went on it a month ago. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I was, was going to say. I, I don't know if you saw the one with him on, and it, he just has no reaction at all the entire time. They eat the the hottest one, and then uh, the other guys, they have a, uh, what is it called? The Carolina Reaper pepper, and he eats it, has no reaction, and the host is, is coughing, his face is all red, and they bring over, and- I think, like ice cream or something for him, and he's like, no, I'm good. Uh, and the hosts are doing it for a long time, and he just does it. Uh, it's yeah. his first time coming around, and he does that. <laughs> I I don't know where to land on it because I I've had that sauce the the last dab. My girlfriend had bought me. They have like a last dab game, uh, where it's like a trivia game, and then you have it comes with the sauce. And I made wings. We were sitting there just playing the game, and I had the sauce, and I had no reaction to it. Like it wasn't it had it wasn't spicy at all. So I don't know if I got like a bad batch of it or something, um, but I've had that and I've had Carolina Reapers and I have a video of me eating Carolina Reapers with my coworker and we have no reaction to it. So I don't know if I'm just broken as a person or what, but yeah, some people just eat spicy stuff as it's very normal. Yeah. yeah some people might have tolerance. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I will say I have a terrible tolerance for spicy, uh, like actual seasonings, like spice as opposed to sauce. I, I have a really hard time eating seasonings because I guess it's just like it's a powder and it kicks up in my nose and everything. It makes me cough. Uh, it's just normal over here. You know, Indian cuisine and all that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, have, have you never had something Indian cuisine, suppose it? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We have a, I do like... We make spicy food a lot here and I really enjoy it. My girlfriend gets upset because she cannot eat spicy food very well so i make i usually end up making two versions of every dinner when it's spicy food yeah i'll make i'll make like curry or something like that and we'll have two different versions of it one before adding the spices and one uh, after adding them yeah exactly yeah yeah it's i don't know i i, I love curry it's so good it's, and unfortunately for her she likes it but the entire our entire house smells afterwards because it's just it i have so much spices and stuff added in and it, it love it so good oh <laughs> uh, yeah 
um, you said you're a, a video design, a video editor, like graphic designer, like YouTuber. How does that all come into play? What got you interested in visual editing? Just because I liked, uh, you know, I wanted to post on YouTube. Everything came afterwards. Just okay. because design the thumbnails and then I got interested in more of it. And I just learned it. Uh, you, uh, Yeah, it's just there. I didn't use it much. Uh, yeah. thing. Uh, which do you uh, do? Uh, do you edit videos? Yeah, we have. Uh, sorry, I was writing my notes down here to follow up. We have. Uh, there are a number of different types of videos that we put up on our channel. There's some where it's more heavily edited gaming videos. Uh, there's one we put out a number of weeks ago, where it, we have a guy uh, Stoshkov who comes on the show a lot. And he did a uh, uh, a conspiracy theory bit with me, where we're we're just talking about like a diamond shaped Earth, which is this bizarre conspiracy theory that people think the Earth is shaped like a diamond. That one is like a like a joke video. So the the editing is meant it is meant to be bad as well on that. So there's that type yeah. of editing. There's ones where it's a little bit higher quality. Uh, there's ones where it's like I really like we've done like reviews for like some video games and uh, it's a lot more detailed. Like I go in and I'll I'll have specific, you know, I have to match up the audio and the video specifically to whatever it is I'm commenting on at the time, putting up a lot of information on screen. So it's there's a lot of different types of editing we do uh, for the channel. We haven't uploaded a lot lately, um, but that's that's where that's kind of where I'm at as far as my video editing. In the middle of the conversation, I was wondering for a moment that you actually believe that the Earth was diamond shaped. Then you said it was a joke video. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we we do the the entire point of it was it's like twelve minutes long, maybe something like that. And the entire bit is us pretending like we truly believe it, and we're taking it very seriously. And at the very end, we we crack up laughing because we we just couldn't help it. We we break character a few times in the middle as well. We laugh a little bit, and we have to try and pull it back in uh, but the whole thing is just a joke but we pretend like it's very serious and we have a good time with it yeah some uh, as the new generation refers to it as uh, NPCs some people are just NPCs to follow all these conspiracy theories you know yeah it's yeah it's it's kind of that's that's kind of why I made it look jokey as well I, I uploaded it uh, it, I think I uploaded it three separate times and I, it got taken down twice because I didn't leave in the part where we're laughing or something. Like, I don't know why, but it got, uh, demonetized and then, uh, I got a, a claim against it. And so I had to take it down. It was bizarre. It's not like I'm using copyrighted material or anything, but it just, I don't know what the issue was, but I had to take it down. I put it back up and so far it's been fine, but yeah, it's, it's real weird, especially like Google is they will block misinformation at times and it it's a joke video so i don't know why i would classify as that but they google does that twitter had been doing that for a while until elon musk bought it uh it facebook does it a little bit but it's weird like sometimes it's stuff like that you have to kind of watch what you're doing i guess i don't know i've never had a problem with any video before that though so it's elon musk is doing weird stuff over at twitter just he is bizarre <laughs> the stuff he does is 
incredible to some extent except twitter you know spacex the internet thing uh starlink his, yeah yeah how many satellites has he launched thousands five thousand five thousand i guess I, i have no idea yeah. he wants like fifty thousand satellites in, for the network throughout the world like uh and he has he owns open ai you know the uh, the new thing now open ai ai okay open ai yeah okay i know what you're talking about yeah yeah the chat gpt thing that is going on viral on tiktok and everything mhm uh, it's crazy how ai is going like everywhere, everywhere ai is excelling mhm like yeah, it... were, i heard the story that uh, students were doing their essays doing uh, using chat gpt and they they told the classmates that give us xx uh, amount of money and we'll write your essays yeah it doesn't work though like in that regard cuz it is all it does is it pulls parts of different things like that's how ai works is it pulls it it reads what you're telling it and then it pulls information from around the you know the internet and so like uh i don't know if it's the chat one but there's one where it it writes like stories for you like you put in like a prompt and it will come back with like a paragraph of of like a story and people were using that to publish books like they were bragging like oh i wrote a i had uh ai generate an entire book here it is but it's all plagiarized like it's all stolen because it's it's literally parts from other books that it found on the internet that it thought was relevant to whatever the prompt was and so that's going to be a i can see that being a big problem people are going to get in trouble for using it to to write things and pretending like it's their work yeah the that there are multiple uh, similar things but i think the chat gpt thing that came out just a week ago is mm-hmm. not exactly plagiarism i don't know the algorithm behind it but what it, it depends what you use it for though too like if you're just using it for f- like funny content or whatever like as long as you're not pretending like it's all your work nobody's going to complain i don't think i think it's the people who are putting books out i i've only seen like one or two i'm not saying a bunch of people are doing this but the people that are making books out of it and publishing it as though they are the ones that did it those are the ones that are going to have problems because they're not giving credit to the people who actually made it this ai wrote me multiple movie plots i just added like random ideas i had in my head i just put it in there it wrote me like a three page plot synopsis of what a series mm-hmm. with this thing would go all very good stuff i would say it wrote me a rap song on based on prompts ai <laughs> and yeah this one is crazy because programmers are going crazy because this ai can write completely original scripts for mm-hmm. anything you want to code for in all the languages yeah i need to i need to do that then that could help me out i cuz i know nothing about computer programming <laughs> coders are saying that uh, ai will take our jobs in the future all that stuff i people said have said for decades maybe not decades but years that robots are going to replace people at like McDonald's and like fat like restaurants like jobs like that but they're not they're just not going to cuz it you need somebody there like you can't like you can't just have like a, a robot running a restaurant it's not going to work 
like even now, like they've been saying for years, like, oh, if minimum wage goes up, they're just going to replace people with robots. And they haven't. Like the McDonald's around here, I don't know how much. I think they were advertising like $15 an hour or something during the pandemic when people were complaining or whenever. I think last year, maybe it was when people were complaining about minimum wage. And it's still people working there because in the long run, it's still cheaper than paying to have a super expensive robot in there processing everything. Like it, it's just not going to happen in that regard. I can understand with like the writing of like code and stuff. I can see some of those jobs being replaced, but it's the same thing too, is like coal miners complaining about how green energy is taking their jobs. It's like, well, people still need to do that new job. Something new is going to come along and we have job openings for that. It's like, there's jobs available. You just have to be willing to put in the effort to do it. Yeah. Future is uh, very strange, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because it is very unpredictable because yeah. any new thing that comes along that is big, it's going to change the entire future in just a moment of seconds. It's yeah. just going to take one small thing and we never know what's going on behind the scenes with these big corporations. Yeah. All this. yeah because I was reading about this article. Maybe it's uh, not an article exactly. It was a video where... Someone predict, uh, says that they are from 2024. I know the, all the TikToks are fake. This one predicted the death of Stephen Hawking. They are saying that the company is working behind the scenes since 10 years. And it finally comp- accomplishes time travel in 2024. Who knows yeah. what is going behind the scenes? Yeah, I don't believe the uh, TikTok time travelers though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I remember- I forget when it was. It was like the like 1900s, like 100 years ago. They were saying like every, anything that'll ever be invented has been made or something. Like this is as good as it's going to get. And that was like 100 years ago. Like it like back then they couldn't comprehend like what the internet was or like cell phones. Like it's just not something they could even think of. And like I'm sure now, like 100 years from now there are going to be things that we couldn't possibly have thought would ever exist. Like there's definitely been like the internet in general is something that is has tons of longevity. It'll it'll be updated and and tuned in some aspects, I guess. But like there are some big big things that like come around every so often that do change everything. But then there's a lot of things that we just don't even think about. Like I said, like nobody thought about you know the internet in 1900. Nobody had the faintest concept of that. People you know, thought it was a joke back then. Yeah, I mean, they they said no idea. They didn't even think that was. They didn't even consider that a possibility. You know, cell phones. Like, if you go back a hundred years with like a new iPhone, people are gonna think you're like a witch or something. <laughs> They're like, what is this? You know, it, it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's super. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I mean, especially like things are changing very rapidly. I mean, even. 10 years ago, if you compare an i like I'll use iPhone as an example again, if you use like an iPhone from today compared to 10 years ago, it it's overall like the idea is the same, but it's changed a lot since then. Cameras are a lot better. You know, the screens are bigger. It It is changed in just 10 years. So if you think about like 50 years from now, 100 years from now, things would be wildly different. Like uh, people don't apply it to technology and all the new inventions. But, you know, the perfection can never be achieved. People think that this is perfection. There is something greater than what is now. 
yeah. uh, which will come in the future. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, like I said, like it, I live in a place where it's hilarious to me because, like, you see some of like the uh, like animatronics, like they have like robots that look almost identical to like real people now in some place. Not that they're out and about all over the place, but they have them. But then I look at like where I live, and there are Amish people riding around on horse-drawn carriages. And it, it it's so funny to me to see these stark contrasts of, you know, just even where I live compared to a number of hours away, where they actually have these really futuristic technologies somewhat available. It is but. going to be weird in a few years to see the technology because it... Uh, because the new, if you see the old generation, they don't like the new things, the new songs, the mm-hmm. new technology. And yeah. that is because the human brain does not change the way things, the primitive way when it was the most changeable, like the, the childhood. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm going to be, uh, we both are going to be like that in a few years, I think. We are going to be like, what the hell is going on? What is this mm-hmm. new technology? It's like, uh, do you know the term soul food? Or like, uh, what, this soul, that's not what I'm thinking of. I can't think what I'm, I'm trying to think of. It Basically, it's like food that makes you feel good, right? Uh, so I, Soul food's not the word I was looking for. But uh, like a lot of times people will be like soup, for example. Like if it's cold outside, you sit down, you have some soup. It makes you feel good because you're warming up and whatever. Uh, that to me is like, the same concept as a lot of things like like the older generations get there's a type of music they like it makes them feel good and then new music comes out that sounds different and it doesn't make them feel that same way as like the the music that they really cherish and love a lot and the same thing is like applicable to like you know technology where it's like oh i like my car i like my old phone i don't need this new thing because i like what i have and i'm comfortable with it I think that's kind of how a lot of it goes, at least in, in my experiences. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. The future stock has gone too far. Can we change the topic to something better? Because yeah. the future is... A future, a future has been... A future we don't know about. <laughs> my brain is overloaded with the future stuff, thinking too much into the future. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, you. You're multilingual. What languages do you speak, actually? Multiple languages: English, then the Indian general languages, Hindi, then one extra language in India, Malayalam. Then some languages I know here and there. Uh, so three, four, you can say uh, that much only. But okay. in India, to be, um, you know, even good enough to be in the urban areas, you have to know two languages. One is Hindi, oh, okay. one is English. It's, it, okay. In US, you just have to learn one language. A lot of people here barely speak English, it seems. Even the people who only speak English, they struggle. <laughs> it's in a, India, yeah, it, to pass the schooling system, you have to learn three languages. Hmm. Interesting. I know it. they do require, like, if, if we're going to finish, like, university or college, 
they generally require a second language. Uh, I know where, where I live, like growing up in high school, we had the option of Spanish or German. I don't know why German was the, the other choice, but Spanish, you know, we have a lot of, you know, Spanish immigrants coming in. Makes sense to learn that. Um, and then when I went to college, I can't remember. I, it was Spanish, French, um, I, Spanish, French. I don't remember what else there was. And it was definitely those two. I think Italian. Um, I don't know why they teach German because nobody uses it. If you I don't to- know. It, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know why we had that in school because it's not like... Like it, it, I mean, like we could have had Spanish and like instead of German, French, Italian. Uh, I mean, at least with with French, it's like we have Canada up north. They have a number of French people up in Quebec. Like it would French make a little bit Spanish, more sense. I don't know. French and Spanish makes sense because you know there are a lot of uh, French speakers, but Spanish is like if you know English, Spanish is the language to go for if you want a second language because yeah. everybody speaks Spanish nowadays and. Uh, yeah, because Mexico speaks Spanish, uh, some tons of South American com- countries speak Spanish. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I was going to ask, like, with some languages, it's harder to learn. Like, they have a, I forget what it's called, but it's like a map, like a spider web, where it shows, like, some, like, for English, Spanish isn't terribly hard to learn, if that's, like, your first, or, like, your second language. But then, like Chinese and like Japanese are hard, are really hard for English speakers to learn because it's like completely different. Like there's a like the characters, like at least in Spanish, you know, it's they use the same like out al- like alphabet, like the way the letters are written and stuff. But like Japan, China, they have like completely different characters, so it's a lot harder to learn. I was curious if like with uh, like Hindi or anything like that, like is English an easier language to learn, or is there other languages that people will learn a lot? just because it's relatively simple compared to other languages. Everybody in India knows two languages, for sure. Oh. But uh, it was like from in what my childhood was, because I grew up knowing both languages like like side to side. It was like I was living in the US and India at the same time. I learned English like first language. I learned Hindi like first language. Mm-hmm. But it is difficult for... Difficult for um, um, in person to learn English, but now everybody mm-hmm. to some extent they don't know perfect English, but a lot of them do. India yeah. is the India speaks the most English, I guess. That's what statistics says. Yeah, I was uh, taken over yeah. US. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was gonna say like outside of like English, is there a language that's popular that's not like an Indian related language? I, not, no, not really. I wasn't sure, just like geographic, like with us, like I said, like some, some people up north might speak French because of Canada. I like, uh, you see people over in like in Europe where it's, you know, people in Spain might speak Portuguese because they're close to Portugal. They might speak German because they're relatively close to Germany. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't sure if there was something like that. I, I could only say that it may be French because in the schooling system as a third language, a lot of people take French. Okay. That's the only non-English language that is popular just because of the 
regulated uh, schooling system not no uh, no other language is taken like seriously except from english yeah interesting yeah i, I don't know i don't know why people here don't want to learn a second language like a lot of people do it's like there's a lot of people that do speak english and spanish uh to an extent like i like i said i took spanish for 4 years um but there's so many people i know like where they're just like they just say some no i don't need to learn it i I'm, i'm only interested in speaking english and i don't know what the harm is in like i don't know why people are so against like education here in some aspects it's weird to me i tried learning spanish yeah gave up in 2 days i do <laughs> know like like is what for what Yeah, there's some like, languages too where it like if you learn one language it's easier to learn a second like uh like if i learn like spanish like i catalan is like a variation of spanish i guess so if i were to learn that it probably wouldn't be terribly difficult but then like you go to like italian and french like i think the more you learn the easier it becomes to learn some of the other ones because there's a lot of similarities between them it's be- i think it's because of the script you know script is mm-hmm. like the letters are the same the phonetics are very similar it's just yeah. the variation of the extra letters in the words here and there and the mm-hmm. different pronunciations and grammar yeah yeah i think good uh, it's just, i think korean is one of the easiest languages to learn just because mm-hmm. of the sim- similarities to english even though it does not look like it yeah interesting definitely i there've been times where i've i've started learning like i i started learning italian because i have italian family and uh, i just they all speak english already and i don't have time to sit down and really learn <laughs> a whole another language right now so i was like all right well i'll talk to them in english until i get around to learning this <laughs> i don't know if you'll get the reference the only other thing i know is spanish is los polios hermanos yeah <laughs> Could be a uh, uh, los cabreros. I think that's uh, cowboys. <laughs> America um, has a lot of history. I don't know about. It's interest. I I would like to read upon American history on there. It's interesting. I I feel like, I mean, I'm biased because I'm from America, but like, it's such a big piece of land that there's so much variation, uh, in like what could happen. Like we have. I mean obviously this is slightly different history but I mean you have the railroad system going through uh through like the you know what was the wild west and things like that I mean you have like New York you have like all these cities being built up so you have a lot of history with you know gangs and like crime in like New York Chicago like the big cities but then you have all this history of people literally on the frontier you know riding horses around like gold mining and stuff like that uh you have obviously a lot of like hi- history as far as like Im- immigrants coming in from you know Mexico and further south or from you know the surrounding islands or f- people coming in from Europe uh it it's interesting to see just how like cuz not every place in the US uh you know is moving forward at the same rate like New York obviously got built up a lot faster than you know places in Oklahoma or like Colorado you know it, it's so it's interesting to see all these different places and all their different histories that you can uh I've I've driven from the east coast to the west coast and then back again so I've been through a lot of states that way. You can every state while you're driving along 
you could just stop and pull over and see like a, an historical thing. Like uh, in uh, Nevada, you could just pull over and there's a museum where you can see the the car that Bonnie and Clyde were shot in. Like they're two like American criminals. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a partner in crime thing. Yeah. Like you just pull over and there's like a museum where they just have their car there and you can see the bullet holes and things like that. Uh, we saw the in Illinois, I forget where it was, they had the world's largest golf tee. And it was just right off the side of the road. So we said, okay, well, we might as well see this. And it's just exactly what you'd expect. It's just a big golf tee. It's like, I don't know, 50 feet tall. Something. I don't, I don't remember exactly. People have a lot of free time. They do. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It, uh, with, uh, you know, I want to do something. I will make the world's la- uh, largest this, that, the lot of free time. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of these these cases are people seeing what the biggest thing is and then be like, okay, I'll just make one slightly bigger and now I'm famous and that's it. And they just, it's just people wanting to be famous for something that's not particularly interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There There is a ton of history to be found. Like we, if you go to North Carolina in the Outer Banks, uh, you can see there's like museums for like shipwrecks and stuff. Uh, and there's all these like ships that are just under the water sunk, you know, from, for one reason, maybe they got caught in a storm, maybe they got shot by cannons or whatever. I don't know all of them, but it's, you know, it's anywhere you go, you can find some history. There's a place in Maryland called, uh, Assateague Island where they have wild horses, where I guess there was a shipwreck carrying horses and they all got loose. And now there's just wild horses running around along the beach. And they'll just come right up to you. We'd get out of the car and they'd, the horse would just walk past you and they wouldn't care at all. They are there. The horses thing is, <laughs> they're just roaming around. When, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, ship, this shipwreck might be recent then, if the horses are still around. Uh, well, I, I think there, there's a bunch of wild horses and then obviously the horses, you know, hang out together and they make more horses. Um, I, uh, I could look it up. Uh, uh, yeah, um, about, they were about 500 years ago. There's a Spanish ship that wrecked about 500 years ago and the horses got loose and, you know, the descendants have been roaming around for, for years. Uh, the horses are still there. They don't. They don't want to leave. That people are dumb. This is this is going back to like some Americans being stupid. They will see these horses, which are wild animals, right? Nobody takes care of them. They're just wild horses running around. But people will walk up to them and try and pet them, and then they act all surprised when the horse bites them. And I'm like, it's a wild animal. What do you expect? <laughs> In some people in America is too stupid. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you see it a lot. Yellowstone National Park, they have the wild buffalo running around. And they have signs all over the place saying, don't go near them, you will get attacked. Every year, multiple times a year, you see people walking right up to them and then they get killed by them because they walk right up to these giant wild animals that they've been told will hurt you and kill you. 
if you get too close to him. And every year, people walk up to him and get get attacked by him. You have been to Yellowstone National Park. Yeah, I've been to all over the place in the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> there was a huge treasure hidden there for a long time. Still, a uh, what controversy is going on still about it? Millions of dollars of treasure was hidden there. Some guy found it. They have uh, they've talked about treasure being hidden all over the place out in the like the Midwest and out in the Rocky Mountains. There's so many people that say they've hidden treasures out there or found it. It's yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, there was this huge guy who was a treasure hunter kind of person. So he was very mm-hmm. old. He said that I'm going to hide all the treasure I found in one place. I'm going to write a poem for clue. You go find it. All of it, it was an internet thing. Then it got found that it was in Yellowstone, supposedly. They never yeah. revealed it. He died before revealing. The guy who found it will not reveal it. Because mm-hmm. I think it is because the Yellowstone National Park has a policy that if something is found there, it is their property. So it would have been illegal for, uh, for him to take the treasure himself. Yeah, they, they do that. It's not even just with national parks. It's... Uh... Just I, a lot of times, if you find like a buried treasure or something, they claim it. I forget what they call it, but it's like historical. Like it, it, I'm not, I, I don't have the name right, but like it's like an historical artifact. And so they'll, the, the government will give you money for it or th- you can like, if it's like, say like it's buried, like a treasure chest of gold coins or something, you can keep a lot, like some of it, but they will charge you a ton of money. They won't let you keep all of it. Even if you found it, they say because it's historical, you can't have all of it. Yeah, because of the like UN laws and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Um, but I don't know. If I find buried treasure, I'm not telling anybody. I'm just <laughs> keeping it to myself. I'm going to see how I can make some money off of it. But, the, I, I, do you see, see the shows that come out on Netflix? There are, there's a number of them. There's, what is the one called? Uh, the, it's not on Netflix. I think it's called the treasure of Oak Island. That's up in like Nova Scotia. And it's just a tiny little Island where they, they're just digging the whole thing up because they believe that there's buried treasure there and they, they still haven't found anything. <laughs> there was this show that, uh, that is very good. That is called outer banks. That was about uh treasure. Some, I don't remember. They're coming up with the third season, Feb in Feb. Mm. It's about you just mentioned Outer Banks some time ago that you were visiting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I I uh, got I I just remembered about it. Oh, I see. Okay, I looked it up here. I was seeing what you're talking about. Yeah, it's called Outer Banks on Netflix. Uh, it says uh, season three will come out in next year, two thousand twenty-three. Well, no, it's this year. As of the recording, so, it's yeah. next year, February twenty third. Yeah, 23rd, oh February. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, next there... year. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, uh, you say. I was gonna say it is interesting. Like the, I I don't know what the fast. I mean, I guess people just like watching treasure because they're excited to see like. Oh, it's exciting. It's just crazy. It's really old. It's like super valuable. Like it's, I, I've always wondered what gets people interested in treasure in general. 
it is an interesting topic then it gets old at one mm. point it was a very yeah. fascinating topic to read as a kid i read the books by and it lightened the fa- uh, famous five thing mm. as a child and it was very fascinating that they found treasure 21 times in a row uh, that was a different thing there but then it gets boring when you realize it's a very overused topic in media but some shows are good like outer banks is really good just because it develops the characters um, more than the actual plot of finding the treasure yeah. i guess it, using treasure is an easy way to like get people to do something like as far as like movies go like yeah. i mean look at the parts of the caribbean movies like people love those movies it wasn't always about treasure but there's always something in particular that they're looking for like the first one's like oh we're looking for the gold um i'm trying to even remember what happens in the second one uh, i've just I seen remember. the first one yeah, was... i don't even remember it's been so many years but they're always looking for some special thing in particular and so it's a way to get the characters to keep moving forward no matter what yeah it's an easy plot to write on like some of those easy plots like air, air crashes simple mm-hmm. stuff to write on just the template is given and the writer says i want an easy job i'll just yeah. change the names i'll change the place and i'll yeah. write a script exactly yeah that <laughs> one other thing uh, cuz we're getting close to an hour here i want to touch on you mentioned like nfts in your your thing yeah um so uh, what about the nfts i just i, was gonna, I just, are you still interested in nfts because they've been kind of up and then they've had a big down period and stuff like that yeah my plan of nft is quite safe it doesn't go into the it doesn't go into the high risk category uh, that's no. why and also i make an made nfts few nfts um, so like it my plan is it like so whenever some games release they release nfts mm-hmm. so you buy them then after they release the game the nft becomes more popular you then sell it uh, okay. that's uh, like it's the safer way to go it doesn't earn as much but it is less riskier you're not going to lose much money on it yeah have you heard about it's, the it... crypto zoo scam i don't know what it I'm um, maybe I might have heard of it as something else. What can you explain it? Do you know Logan Paul? I do. Yeah, I know of him. Yeah, Logan Paul promoted an app saying we are going to release this crypto app. You just buy this stuff. You're going to get a passive income according to these characters in game each day. Uh we'll make this much this much and you'll get a passive income. Lot of investors invested $50,000, $100,000. Then he just made you know multiple excuses and he just mm-hmm. stopped mentioning it people have lost uh, lost millions of dollars in it interesting yeah they pulled up over here interesting uh, i feel like go ahead coffeezilla coffeezilla is a youtuber i that that's literally what the article is talking about right now that i, I was looking at Yeah, it says coffee a uh, YouTuber named Coffeezilla spent the past year investigating Paul for a three-part docu-series. He has like everything is pulled apart in the story who is involved uh, yeah. and everything. It's quite interesting how because it's like one scammer 
has another scammer behind it all this stuff because in mm-hmm. in in there there was this guy who was with Logan Paul he said that he was an MIT graduate he was hired by the CIA and he took down multiple terrorists and he won the super bowl or something all that stuff and turns out all his story was a lie he is still has rich friends he's like a big con artist you should uh, you should watch it but it's crazy how this influencer don't care about people he just withdrew from the project and stopped mentioning it and he can mm-hmm. get uh, get away with it he might have lost he didn't lose anything in my opinion he never paid anybody the developers on anything he just kept the money yeah I, i feel like so many of these nfts cryptocurrencies it's such a there's so many of them or most of them i would say are just money laundering schemes where you you put no effort into making a product you get a bunch of money from people that you can't trace and then you just sell out take all your money for yourselves everyone else is stuck you know they have nothing left and now you've made a bunch of money yeah like and how so how you can money. blame it on someone else and say that was a person yeah. who did it like mm-hmm. the pump and dump schemes that they are doing these days that's kind of what they're doing with the uh, FTX there were so many like american celebrities that were promoting it like you had tom brady i think you had a uh, oh, magic johnson shaquille o'neal uh i don't remember who else cuz i don't really follow them much but like you have big famous people in the us who made like commercials or something for them and now they're people are trying to sue them saying hey you told us this was a good investment and i lost all my money cuz this thing was a giant scam and they're trying to hold them accountable as well now so it'll be interesting to see what happens but yeah it was a very unexpected thing because i don't get get served the us ads and everything but i still mm-hmm. got to know about how big this person was before this happened i knew yeah. this guy how he genuinely made his millions you know uh, mm-hmm. trading differences in different coins and i was thinking this is genius project people should invest it must be a good investment for people who are investing in it and one day i wake up and there is this big news articles here and there and here and there saying ftx uh, went from what 32 billion to 0 dollars in few minutes mm-hmm. yeah, and that was that was only not the fault of the guy who had the thing yeah he was running a whole scam behind it it was you know the mastermind behind it was the guy who owns the binance thing he just mm-hmm. did one tweet and the whole company went down imagine the power yeah it i think the only reason he's being held accountable is because a lot of other rich people lost money anytime something like this happens and no rich people are affected at least in the us nothing happens to this person like they uh do you know ice poseidon do you know who he is youtuber yeah sure. uh, it's uh, yeah twitch streamer he did he did the exact same thing essentially where he he made like cryptocurrency uh got a lot of people to put a lot of money into it and then he pulled the rug you know he, he sold out took all his money and ran and nothing happened to him because no like rich politician or whatever was affected uh but now you have like FTX is like oh there are politicians involved there's like celebrities involved now something's going to happen because rich people are involved and in America rich people are apparently the most important people in the world rich people and it's not, 
only important people and, in the world uh, according to everywhere people might have the yeah. illusion that yeah people have some power against the people of their level but mm-hmm. rich can only be affected when another rich person maybe even richer is against mm-hmm. them yeah i mean every time we have a huge like financial crisis in the us the first thing they do is take a bunch of money and give it to the people who already have like millions of dollars every single time when uh covid happened they gave one point i think it was 1.3 trillion dollars and they they just threw it away they said here take the money use this to help your employees and these people said okay they took the money put it in their own pockets and that was it and it, it happens every single time it's so frustrating and then people wonder why you know we have all these problems where it's like people are complaining like oh we want more money we're not going to work this and that and people act surprised like i just can't believe people are upset that we're just taking all this money from them and giving it to ourselves <laughs> it's crazy the some systems are just too unfair the political yeah. system the money system the finance sector the education mm-hmm. system all need to be changed but they never will be is the realistic no. part of it no anything no. you do against rich people <laughs> is just against yourself anything mm-hmm. a person can do is only making the rich richer yeah yeah it's pretty disgusting um anyway i don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on real quick since we're over an hour but yeah we can end it here <laughs> okay uh, is there anything you want to promote anything you want to to shout out or anything like that um No, not really. Okay. Well, thank you so much, man. I had a great time. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Hope you had a fun time. Enjoyed chatting. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this has been the Deadjuster Productions podcast, episode number 157. Go check out deadjusterproductions.live. It's got links to all of our stuff on there. Thank you so much everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time. Bye.